Namaste, midweek ritual service. We're here to worship and praise the Lord, to thank him for first loving us, Father. That's, yes. the, that's the place where we start from, Hallelujah. as we heard on Sunday. Yes. It's because of his love for us, that's why we are able to love him back. It's because of his love for us, that's why we're able to come to worship. That's our first love. That's what we're going back to. That's what we're coming back to again this evening,
Well, praise the Lord and good evening. Uh, welcome to our study in and from the book of Ephesians. Uh, so on Sunday morning, I began to share from the book of Ephesians and I established the fact that the Ephesians church was the most gifted church in the entire New Testament. In the sense that Apostle Paul planted the church, Aquila and Priscilla pastored the church, Apollos pastored that church, Timothy pastored that same church, and ultimately, Apostle John also pastored the church. But at the end of the day, it's amazing to know that the church does not exist today. It did not survive. It was not sustainable. And so on Sunday morning, we, ex we examined the facts. Why? What happened to the church at Ephesus? And we said that we want to learn from their mistakes so that we do not become history as they have become. Because all that remains of the Ephesians church today is the archaeological remains and the ruins of what used to be. So how can a church that gifted, pastored by these veterans, this star-studded uh, ministry team, how can it disappear? We arrived at the conclusion that there was only one reason. And that reason was that the Ephesians church did not remain in their first love. First love, they are defined as God's love to us. First means protos, okay? Protos agape. In the love equation, God's love comes first. He is the source of all love. So my first love and your first love is not your love for God, as good as that sounds. Rather, it is God's love for you and I. And our love to, for God is only a response to the love we've received from God. So this evening, I want to go further in that teaching by helping us to know how can we receive God's love. See, because I believe that this singular topic of God's love is the underpinning, uh, what shall I say, is, the, is, the, is, the, is one of the most important truths that the church can ever learn. Okay? So when Jesus says that the Ephesians have left the agape or their first love, he's saying they are no longer receiving or abiding in God's love for them. And perhaps more than any other church, as we've said already, the Ephesians church, I mean, Ephesians church, yes, was built on the revelation of Christ's great love for them. And they forgot the most important thing of, of all, which is to remain in the love of God. So God's love is the underpinning of the entire message of the Bible. Let me just go to some scriptures very quickly. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, the Bible says, The Lord did not set his love on you, uh, on, uh, on you, but because, uh, did not set this love on you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples, okay? Verse 8 says, but because the Lord loves you. So we see way back in the Old Testament, God is letting Israel know that his choice for them is not because they were greater in number or because they came with any specific gift or anything they can do for God. 
but because God loves them. And again, of course, the very common scripture in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved or agape the world, he gave his only begotten son. So all through the scriptures, you will find that if you do not fully grasp the issue of God's love for you, you'll be left, uh, you'll be left uh, lacking in some way, okay? Now, a good, a good indication that you have not fully understood or believed the love of God is if you are still anxious about, okay, if you are to die, I mean, if you are anxious about, let's say, if you are anxious about death, you are afraid of death, and many of us are. If, you, if that's an issue for you, it is a clear, clear indicator that you have not fully comprehended the love of God. Now, if I was to ask a question tonight, how many people would like to go to heaven? All of our hands would go up. But if I followed that question with, with who is ready to die? Nobody's going to raise their hands. We want to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. How are you going to get there? Amen? So now, I'm not preaching, teaching that you should go and die or that you should go and kill yourself. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that love of God so secures us, it so gives us assurance that even in death, we understand that we will not be separated from God. So a good indication that you have not fully understood and believed the love of God is anxiety about what are you going to drink, what are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? Who am I going to marry? Uh, what's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my kids? And more so, if you have intolerance for the faults of others. These are good indicators. Because if I was to ask you, do you believe in God's love? Most of us would say, yeah, we do. But the point I'm asking you tonight, and I really want you to think about this. Take a cellar moment. Take a pause. And ask yourself, are these issues really bothering you? Do they cause you worries or anxiety? Do they give you sleepless nights? Amen? Particularly the issue of our lack of tolerance for other people's faults. Scripture says in Romans 5.8 that God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, how, how, how much worse can it get? He died for the ungodly. So if God in his love could die for the ungodly, why do me and you act so intolerably to those who have faults? Amen? 1 John 4, 16 tells us that we have known and believed in the love of God. Notice this. Two things he said. We know the love of God and then we believe it. So it's not just a matter of uh, knowing the love of God. You have to know it first, and that's why we are taking this lesson tonight, so that you can get to know the love of God. But besides knowing it, you have to embrace and believe it. That's where the rubber meets the road. Amen? You have not to just... Let, let, let me read that scripture from NLT. We know how much God loves us. We are learning that. We are knowing that through the scriptures. And have put our trust... In his love. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said in Acts 20, when I was teaching on Sunday morning, I mentioned it for that Paul said he knew what was awaiting him in Jerusalem. He said, but none of these things moved me. None of them moved him. Why? 
Because he has put his trust in the love of God. In fact, let's go to Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 in the New Living Translation. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. You see that? Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. <laughs> Glory to God. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Verse 39. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So if I'm worrying about money, I'm worrying about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to drive, where I'm going to live in, who I'm going to marry, my children, my this, my that, and on and on and on. I'm more so if I have no tolerance for others. That's an indication I need a good dose of the love of God in my life. And really, to be honest with you, that's all of us. That right there is all of us, including yours truly. I have to grow daily in receiving and embracing and entrusting the love of God for me. Because when I look at all of those things I just counted, I find myself in that equation. Amen? Now, it's hard to receive God's love for many reasons. But there are three top candidates as to why it's so difficult. And that's what I want to address now. Because tonight we want to establish how do we receive God's love. And I'm saying first and foremost, there's a particular reason, or rather there are reasons why we find it so difficult to receive the love of God. Let me give you three of them. Number one, God's love is hard to receive because God is not physically present. If I was to sit across the table talking to my wife, I get to see her expression, her body language, I hear her words, and she does me likewise. On a day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day basis, I can discern, I can appreciate, I can understand that she loves me and she can understand I love her. Why? Because we are both physically present. Let me give you another example. Uh, so the other day, uh, I bought, uh, my wife and I bought a toy for, for my son, for one of my grandsons, okay? We both bought the toy, but I was the one that gave it to him. And when I gave it to him, I said to him, hey, this from Nana and Papa. Oh, Papa, thank you, thank you so much. Now, the next time somebody saw him and asked him about the toy, guess what he said? He said, Papa gave me the toy. Papa, Papa gave me the toy. He has totally forgotten that Nana or her grandmother was a part of that process. Why? Because I, was the one that gave it to him. <laughs> you see, in our human thinking, we are limited, and therefore, we, 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 we do not take into consideration the fact that God is present in us by the power of his spirit. His Holy Spirit dwells in us, and therefore, we have his presence. But as humans, because we are so used 
to, 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 uh, to gratify uh, things that are done in the physical. We, we think, we, we touch, smell, think, uh, feel, all in the physical realm. And therefore, because God does not exist in that physical realm, we find it difficult to, to, to accept, to receive his love. That's number one reason. Because God is not physical present. But like I said, he has compensated for his lack of physical presence by the indwelling Holy Spirit in us. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we know the love of God is in us. We know we have it. But we do not draw on it because of the lack of the physical presence of God. Number two reason. God's love is hard to receive because we confuse God's love with human love. <laughs> we confuse God's love with human love. Okay, so many, all of us, our experience and our development and our understanding of love, where did it happen? Where did it start? It started at home from very early on in our family environment. The way your father loves your mother, the way your mother loves her fa your father, the way the kind of love we receive from your parents. So we are conditioned to th try to, 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 to put God's love and human love on the same level because our understanding of love was what we learned as a child growing up in a family environment. So if your father was not as loving, you think your heavenly father is the same way. Or if your mother is not as loving, you think God is the same way. Or if love does not exist a lot in that family setting, you think that's, way, that's the normal way our life is. But that's not true. That is not true. So God's love is hard to receive because we confuse it with human love. See, uh, while working on receiving God's love, you must start to divorce your human experience of love from others with God's love. Let me say that again. While working on trying to receive and begin to trust on God's love, you must divorce your experience of love from others with God's love. In other words, don't compare them at all. It's not even the same realm. Because the two are not fully the same. Human love can mirror God's love, but it is only God's love that is perfect. Remember that. And lastly, the third reason for which we find it difficult to receive God's love. God's love is hard to receive because we simply don't understand it. We don't. We don't understand it. How? I mean, because in my, in my natural thinking, why will God, based on his love, send his son to die for me? Why? Why will he do that? Why will he do a thing like that? And Paul made an allusion to this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. He says, when he was praying for the Ephesian church, he said, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, I'll, be, I'll admit to you, I've read this passage many, many times in the past. But this morning, before I started sharing with you tonight, this morning, today, just today, God zeroed in on this Ephesians 3.19 to me and said to me, say, Bank, the normal understanding, okay, so normally we will say, okay, let me ask you a question. 
What do you think this verse is saying to you? To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. My natural understanding in the past is that this love of God is beyond comprehension. It's beyond understanding. That you, you just forget it, you can't understand it. It passes knowledge. Well, if it passes knowledge, why would God ask me to, to, to know it? That's, that's, that defeats the purpose. That defeats the purpose. No, so it's not a matter of it passing uh, knowledge or passing my ability to understand. No, that's not what it's saying. Just today, just today, God showed this to me. Ephesians 3, 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. What it's saying is that it passes a mere human understanding of what love is. It's not saying that we are not capable of knowing it because if that was the case, then the Holy Spirit failed. Because in John 14, 26, Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. And when it comes, what is he going to do? He's going to teach you all things. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is here right now, this evening, according to Jesus, to teach us all things. All things means all things, including the love of God. Amen? He did not say the Holy Spirit will teach us some things. He said the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. Therefore, the Holy Spirit, being the great teacher he is, can teach you and I about God's love for us. Now, again, in that Ephesians 3, 19, when he says the love of God surpasses knowledge, what he's saying is not a matter of lack of comprehension. What he's saying is that God's love surpasses or exceeds our human love, our human understanding of love. That's what it's saying. But it's not saying that we will never be able to attain to understanding the love of God because that's the job and the role and the function of the Holy Spirit as Jesus sent him. He will teach us all things. And that all things is all-inclusive, everything and anything you and I need in order for us to be adequately, sufficiently prepared as ministers of the new covenant. Amen? So, because when humans are the helm of creating definitions, particularly of something as important as love, we will always miss the mark. It is only through God that we know the true definition of love. So these are the three things, the three reasons for which it's hard for me and you to receive God's love. Again, let me go over them very quickly. Number one, because God is not physically present. Number two, because we confuse God's love with human love. And number three, because God's love is hard to receive because we don't understand it. Now, don't, not understanding it is not meaning you park there and never attain understanding. You can because the Holy Spirit will help us. Now, how do we know God's love? I've given you the reasons for which it's difficult for us to know it. How? How now? This is the meat of tonight's teaching. How do we know God's love? It all started way back in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned against God. Now, do you know what God did after the first humans decided they wanted to be like God instead of being with him? Did you know what God did? God did not respond by wiping them off the face of the earth and just simply canceling out the human race. You could have done that if you chose. 
Instead, God showed tender love when he found Adam and Eve hiding. Look at what God did. God sternly and lovingly reprimanded them and then gave them punishment because you must understand that God's love isn't weak or passive. I need to emphasize that again because for many of us when we hear about God's love, we think this God's love is just a love that just tolerates everything, never corrects, never chastises, never, uh, never reprimands. God's love is always wonderful, holy, good, warmy, fuzzy. Yeah, it's all of that. But the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrew that God chases whom he loves. And every son that he receives, he also scourges. So while we are talking about how good the love of God is, we must always understand that the love of God is not weak nor passive, but rather it is real and restorative. And we see this clearly at the garden when Adam and Eve fell. Amen? So after he punished them, what did he do next? Genesis 3, 21 in NIV, the Bible says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Here we see the fullness of the love of God. No, he did not accept Adam and Eve in their disobedience. He did not encourage their disobedience. And you and I must understand today that even though God loves us dearly, that there's always going to be consequences for wrong choices. God's love does not cancel that out. God's love does not cancel the consequences for our wrong choices. Amen. As I've shown you, he saw Adam and Eve, they were hiding. He reprimanded them. He punished them, but he didn't stop there. He came back and clothed them and cared for them and loved them. You see the balance of the love of God right there. No, he did not accept their disobedience. There are always going to be consequences for our actions, which is incredibly loving in itself. Let me say that again. Because many of us assume that if God loves us, there should be no consequences for bad behavior or wrong choices. That is wrong. In fact, it's loving kindness. And in his lovingness, he chastises us. Why? Hebrews 12 tells us. So that we can bring forth fruit of peaceable righteousness. That's what it's after. Amen. But let's go back to Adam and Eve at the creation again. Not only did God correct them, reprimand them, and punish them, the Bible says he gave them clothes of skin to cover them. So God provided better attire for these humans, clothing them with something stronger than fig leaves. 
God prepared the first people to accept punishment, but doesn't that sound like a loving parent? That's what loving parents do. You just don't allow your kids to run all over the place and just misbehave and you don't say anything and then, you know, no, no. Because if you don't correct them as children, you're going to be trying to correct an adult in the future. You need to build them. Amen? So the love of God is the antidote to sin and brokenness. And it is what the enemy wants you to fear and ultimately reject. Amen? I hope you really understand what I'm saying tonight to understand that love, love of God is very balanced. It corrects you when you're wrong. It chastises you. And sometimes that there are consequences with that wrong action or wrong choice. However, it doesn't stop there. It does, it's your, it, it does not leave you hanging. No, no, no. It corrects you, chastises you, reprimands you, and it comes and loves you. And loves you in such a way that you know, yes, this is a loving correction. Now, six ways to receive God's love. That is where we end tonight. Six ways to receive God's love. Number one, you make it a priority in your life. You make it a priority in your life. I'm hoping that everything we've said so far is convincing you of the need for you to not only know the love of God, but to start trusting in the love of God. That being the case, you need to make it a priority. Now, if I wanted to be uh, a rocket, if I wanted to be an astronaut or a rocket scientist, and that's my desire, that's my goal, that's what I want to be, it would be foolhardy for me to enroll in school and go to the school of uh, uh, agriculture. I will never be a rocket scientist, if that's the case. Many of you that are listening to me are professionals. Uh, you have, God knows, all kinds of degrees. You're doing all kinds of wonderful things, and I thank God for all of that. But when you made a choice to go into the area or the field where you're in, you had to prepare yourself for it. You went to school, you were tuned, you had certification that qualified you to put you in that position. Well. What I'm saying to you is, if you truly want to know the love of God and begin to start trusting in the love of God, then you need to make it a priority. So you say, Pastor Bank, what do I do? Good, I'm glad you asked. You need to immerse yourself in scriptures that tells you about God's love. We're going to get to that in a minute. But first of all, you make a choice. I'm going to make this a priority. That's where it starts. Secondly, how to receive God's love. Secondly, you continually pray about it. I just told you that even for me, yours truly, I find myself deficient in certain areas when it comes to the love of God. Yeah. And the point is, immediately I'm recognizing that I cannot just say, oh, mm, okay, this will correct itself automatically. No. You take it to God in prayer. You continually pray about it. Father, I thank you for your, God, for your love towards me. Help me to understand that you love me in this area and this area. Manifest your love to me in this area. Help me to be convinced in my mind of your love. And you continue to pray that. Now, many of us think you just pray one prayer one time and that's it. No. 
until the area you are praying about becomes a lifestyle for you, you don't stop. That's the meaning of the word continually. Man ought to always pray and not to faint. Amen. So number one, make it a priority, which means you make a choice. From this day forward, I want to learn about God's love. Number two, you continually pray about it. Is there any one of those things are listed? And there are many, many more. Many, many more. Things that's keeping you up at night. Things that worry you. Things that, things that just make you lose your peace. Because if the love of God is perfecting you, those things will not matter. Look at Paul. Again, in Philippians 1.21, look at what he said. He said, for me to live is, is Christ. But for me to die is gain. Who talks like that? <laughs> Who talks like that? For me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. This guy is absolutely confident of the love of God for him. So for him to be here or there, it doesn't matter. In fact, he said he's twisted between two opinions. I think verse 22 or 23. Verse 23 says that of Philippians 1. He said, for I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Are you there tonight? I'm not. I'm still trying to hang around to see my granddaughters and grandsons go to the altar and get married and all of that stuff. But all that shows me is that, bank, you need to grow in your love for Christ. That's what it means. Hallelujah. So that's a prayer point for me, to continually pray about God. Give me deliverance so that I can totally give myself to you the way Paul has done it. This man is saying, I'm hard-pressed. I mean, think about that. Many of us are still thinking of the exotic vacations we've not taken. The, 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 the wonderful Christmas that's ahead of us. All the things we've got lined up. My son's graduation, my daughter's days, my on and on and on and on. And Paul, Paul is saying, he's like, this guy don't live in the same earth. I'm hard-pressed, he says, between the two. Having a desire to depart. Did you hear that? Every time I read this, it challenges me. Because I'm not nowhere near this. Yes, I want to go to heaven. But I'm not trying to hurry to get there. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. You see, the more God's love is real to you, the more you're going to realize it is, in fact, far better to be with him than to be here. Number three, study scripture about it. And we're going to make this easy for you. We're going to make this easy for you. Revelation Walker is going to put some scriptures on the website that will help you to grow in, your love, in God's love for you. So we're going to take the work out of it for you. Amen? You go on Go Church website, and you're going to find at least 21 scriptures that you can easily begin to read, meditate, and just let saturate your heart that will now begin to help you in being able not only to know the love of God, but also to begin to trust it. Now, remember, it's a two-step process. First, you know the love. Knowing it meaning you see it, God said it, and it has to be true, but that's one thing. If you just know it and you don't do it, it does you nothing. Okay? It's just like truth on the archive. It's like, it's like books, uh, books on the shelf in a library. It doesn't do you any good. So you need to know it and trust it. That's where the real result is. Amen? 
So you make it a priority, you continue to pray about it, and then number three, you start studying the scriptures. And like I said, you can go to the Go Church website, and there will be at least 21 verses of scriptures, different scriptures, highlighting God's love for you so that you can receive that revelation knowledge and begin to trust the love of God in your life and begin to grow. Number four, create a pattern for grounding yourself in God's love. Create a pattern for grounding yourself in God's love. So for instance, for me, this morning, when, I, when God opened my eyes to understand further that Ephesians 3.19, that I had always interpreted as the lack of comprehension, the love of God that surpasses knowledge. I've always thought it and believed that it means I can never, I can never know this love of God. But when God opened my eyes this morning, I said, no, bank, you can't know my love. First of all, I mean you. Amen? And then second of all, that's why I sent the Holy Spirit to teach you all things. Once that came to me, I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So what, did, what happened? I went, into, I went into a time of worship. Immediately. Immediately. I created a memorial. That's a journal. I created a, a, a memorial immediately to begin to thank God for opening my eyes to see new truth. Amen? I'm creating a pattern for grounding myself, and I began to thank him for allowing me to see something I had not seen before. I began to thank him for it and thank him for it and thank him for it. Amen? Number five, journal about receiving God's love. Do a journal about receiving God's love. In other words, every day, every time in the next few weeks and months that you come into a new place, a new space in your revelation and understanding of God's love, journal it. December 5th, Monday, December 5, at 12.20 p.m., 12, whatever the time is, God showed me his love in this way, that way. Journal it. Why is this important? Because in the days when you are down, in the days when things are tough, when things are hard, you can go back to that journal and say, God did it before. Your journal becomes your personal memorial that continues to encourage you to move forward in your growth and development of God's love. And lastly, number six, Accepting the reality. Accepting the reality, which means, listen, whether I've experienced it or not, I'm no longer going to argue about the love of God. It is real. I may not be there to fully enjoy and see the manifestation, but I know that I know that I know that this is real. It's as real as the air I breathe. And God, I thank you. I receive it and I embrace it. Now, this is so important, and I'm glad we're taking the time to, to, to dive into this, because the reason this is so important, this is the underpinning for everything in the kingdom of God. Everything God does is motivated or driven by his love for us. Amen? So if we are to draw any lessons from the experience of the Ephesians church, the obvious lesson is this. That if it can happen to them, it can happen to us. Meaning, if they can be removed from God's love for them, if they can back away, if they can, for some careless reason, lose the love of God, it can happen to us. And my prayer for us tonight is that we would never allow that to happen. So let us pray. Let us pray right now. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for allowing us this time to dive into your word, 
and to bring uh, uh, an understanding to every man and every woman under the sound of my voice to come into a place of recognition of how greatly and critically important your love for us is. Help us, Lord, from all the worries and the anxieties that we have. You said that the perfect love casts up all fear. And so, Lord Jesus, I receive for every man and every woman and every child that's listening to this message that your perfect love will cast out all the fears in their life. My Lord and my God, in the name of Jesus, that you bring them to a place of rest, a place where your peace will be like an ornament on their necks, that they'll come to realize that your love indeed, your love indeed surpasses our human knowledge and experience. And so, Father God, we stop fretting, we stop worrying, and we start thriving, and we start to trust. Thank you, Father God, that your love will be made perfected in their lives in the name of Jesus. For that man, for that woman right now, Lord God, who's concerned about a child, their spouse, or whatever it is they're concerned about, about a job, God, manifest your love. Show yourself great in their behalf. Thank you, Lord God, for proving yourself to be who you are. We thank you, we honor you, we bless you, Father, now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close tonight, before we close tonight, I don't want us to just close like that. I want to give you the opportunity to sow, to give. I want to give you the opportunity to give. This is a December to remember, amen? So let us sow, let us be faithful in giving back to God. So on the screen you see all the various means of giving. Just do something, sow a seed, bless God for what God is teaching you. Amen? And trust that your seed will answer for you at the gate in the name of Jesus. And also, share this message with your friend, with your family. Send it to somebody. Get many people, as many people as possible involved. Let us take this journey from the book of Ephesians together. God bless you. I see you on Sunday in person or via streaming and every subsequent Wednesday from there. And this next Sunday, I'm going to be sharing and teaching on seeing yourself as God sees you. Seeing yourself as God sees you. Love you and God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.